This is more of like an entertainer's take on finances. Yeah, like we going through it currently. That's the kind of people you're dealing with. <laughs> We're like, yeah, let's do this episode, you know, around tax season. Adam and Danielle file your taxes. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, they'll be like, where are they? We're both in Joshua Tree, no computer. <laughs> We're hiding. We're in hiding. And that hiding. A tip, another tip. Don't hide from your finances or your taxes. Yeah, they will find you. Because they'll find you. <laughs> they will take you out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Normalize This, the show where we this the huh? I was just saying, what's up? I was the everybody. Did I throw you? (laughs) I got thrown for a total loop because I was like, wait, did I say something? Did I not say the name of the show? (laughs) I did, but I just got thrown off. But that's also kind of how this goes with me. <laughs> the smallest thing can just throw me off. Princess in the and pee we- over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, normalize this. It's the show where we discuss whether or not ideas, trends, and behaviors should be normalized in everyday society. My name is Adam Rippon, and I'm I'm back. I'm feeling more You're centered here. now. I'm here. On track. And I'm mm-hmm. Danielle Young, here to throw Adam off track, but also put him on it. Thank you. I feel bad. I feel on track. I was off and I feel on, Um, which is important because, Danielle, today we're going to be discussing finances. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm off again. And now I'm off track. Speaking Mm -hmm. of off track. um, You know what? Now that finances are coming my way, I feel a little bit more comfortable speaking about them Mm -hmm. without crying. (laughs) I completely feel you. Yes. Even though I, it's, they don't tell you that like when you make money in a certain like way, like, you know, if it's like a freelancer style or you're, you know, you're having your own business and you're making good money, it's like so much taxes that you end up owing. And it's just like, it's a nightmare and a half, but it's a blessing. So finances are really, I don't know. America just has us in a chokehold when it comes to money. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> it's it America's feels like fault. this. It's a. It's not our fault. America, like, you got a problem, right? Mer- America's got a problem. <laughs> but make sure you stick with us because not only are we going to get uncomfortable about finances, but we're going to play our famous game that we love to play called Keep It or Curb It. Oh wow, Adam, that was just, like sexy. Yeah, I've been practicing. Very jazzy. Very, you know, like mm-hmm. burlesque. Yes, thank you. You noticed my training style. I, I felt it. I felt it was yeah. very realistic. But Keep It or Curb It is where Adam and I decide what we love and we will mm-hmm. hold dear and near to us and what we hate and want to drag out to the curb and kick it once it gets there. Yeah. And, yeah, and we will kick it. There'll be, <laughs> it there'll be, be a kicked. video of us being uh, kickers at things that we don't like. Yes. That's how we express ourselves. It is. But before we get into any of that, Mm -hmm. Adam, I'm really, I'm crossing all of my fingers. Okay. And hoping that you have a fun fact. Okay. I have a, I do have a fun fact. I think, Uh uh let's see if this is fun. And I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost like ready to think that I've already said this. I'm running out of facts, by the way. (laughs) 
<laughs> you have so much life in you. Like you posted something recently where like you showed some older pictures of yourself with all this yes. curly, gorgeous hair. Okay. So that's what was my fun fact is my hair is actually very curly. I could not believe it when I saw it. Yeah. I have like a, to- it's a very Shirley Temple. It's Shirley yeah. Temple coded. And <laughs> yeah, so I have very curly hair. And when I was young, actually not when I was, when I was young, I had really curly hair, but a few, like for the last few years, I haven't for the last two years, but I've been getting like a Brazilian blowout, which is basically like a silk press for a white person. Is that what you do to your hair? Mm-hmm. That's your regimen? Well, so a silk press is just, they don't put a product in it, right? It's just like, I they don't know, do a I don't have comb. any hair. Okay. But- <laughs> So but I think basically, so. I think it's a special type of press, right? For it to be a silk press. E, I think so. I but mean, are I you know, getting like keratin? Yeah. Ah. So I know. So the first time I ever tried it, it was with one of my friends, and this is like this is where I went awry because like <laughs> white people hair is not the same as black people. No, hair, it's famously right? not the same. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, let me tell you how I found out. So my friend, <laughs> black, straightening his hair. Yeah. And I go, I want to have straight hair too. Because he's he pulls out the box of olive oil. Oh. And oh, you know what I'm talking about. And there's yes. this woman on it who looks like a really close relative of Carrie Washington. And I go, I want to look like Carrie Washington. <laughs> so he does his own hair. Then he does mine. He washes his hair like straightening treatment out he has perfect straight hair i wash this mine is called out a perm uh, a perm i have straw <laughs> and if i pulled on it too it if i fall. pulled on it it would come out and turn into dust like if i pulled on the hair oh it would string back like it was like elastic oh my god and so that's when i needed to do my own research of <laughs> you can't be using our, no. yeah, our version no i went i was going yeah it was it was too intense. So then I started doing Brazilian blowouts because, you know, curly hair is so unpredictable. Like one day you're like, I look like a supermodel. And the next day you're like, I look <laughs> not like a Haggard. supermodel. Haggard. Matted. Yeah. yeah, completely. So when I started like straightening my hair, I was like, this is the most game changing thing in the entire world. But now I just keep my hair pretty like short enough. My hair is just wild. Is basically what I'm trying to say. I'm impressed. I was very impressed by the curls that I saw. I didn't know that that's like what was going on. Yeah, glorious. How dare you get rid of those glorious curls? No, it's like I said. It's Shirley Temple coded. <laughs> it wasn't the look. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It is not the look. Well, but that's my fun fact. Is I actually have really curly hair, and I really have loved for the past few years a good old Brazilian blowout. Well, that is a very delightful tale about your hair. Thank you. Yeah, if my fun fact was about my hair, it would. This would be a therapy session. Everybody, <laughs> grab your Kleenexes and the edge of your couches. But no, I think. Let me see. What is my fun fact this time? I'll just say, this week uh, I took off to Joshua Tree to mm. just like be in the in the wilderness slash just watch it from the window as it blows in the breeze. <laughs> I mean, how how is I've never been to Joshua Tree. Can you it's like, like explain very it? little house on the prairie? Did you ever watch that? Oh yeah. I did. Yeah. My mom is obsessed with it. Good night, John Boy. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, they still, because they still. Oh, my mom still, still watches it. it daily. Yeah, my mom definitely loved Little House on the Prairie. Oh, that's so funny. Just she loved it down. And so that's the only way I knew about it because I would never voluntarily watch that. Literally no. family life on a prairie. No, no. <laughs> Good night, John Boy. Good night, wait, John that's gonna Boy. Haunt me. <laughs> I know because they all slept in the same room because oh it was a little God. house. It would have been so fun. I would crack up if like, you know, they do the end of the episode and then just like the last voice is just yours. Good night, John Boy. John, oh, oh my gosh. Y'all. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> and leave the laugh Oh, there. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. I'm losing it immediately. But yes, it is giving very much Little House on the Prairie. Like, yeah. you know, especially coming out of a city like LA where there's just everything is congested and buildings and so to see like the stars, you know how California is. There's always mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some that you can see in the distance with snow. And then with the rain having come in, I think I feel like there's probably a lot more green than there normally is. Totally. I bet. Here in Joshua Tree. Yeah, I feel like it's probably a lot more brown. Mm. Just through and through dusty tumbleweeds yeah. actually <laughs> like are rolling through. <laughs> and it's really, it's like, the start of a horror movie, but it's so quaint. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to, I want to go. It is worth going. I think you're probably getting the best version, the greenest version. The greenest version, but otherwise, it's also cold, you know, because of climate change, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if it's always cold. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, it's, it gives rustic, you know, like cabin, okay. not in the woods per se, because it's, it's very deserty, but just like desert cabin chic. Okay, it's giving in the woods. Yeah, desert. yeah. Like I did a thrift store thing, and there was all these. Oh, I, brought, I bought a rotary phone. <laughs> you did? Are I you did. replacing it? With I'm not going to be actually. Yes, <laughs> actually, I'm, <laughs> I'm going off the grid. Um, yeah. <laughs> could you imagine going going all the way back to rotary and having to dial every number? I feel like I threaten myself with like, I'm going to go off the grid. And there's like, there's just no way. I'm a, no. I'm, a, I'm an on the grid kind of person. My phone has been not as close as it normally is, but it's been still in my hand. Like, right. it's, like it's I'm, close I'm like, enough. get me in front of this rock. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to post it. I did actually. I posted myself on that rock. <laughs> I'm going to post again as well. But yeah, it's it's very peaceful and nice. And it's just like, you know, like I said, living in a city like LA, it's just good to like get out of there. Yeah. I have one more follow-up. What are you going to do with the rotary phone? I'm, it, like decoration? I think it's going to be decor. Um, Very cute. Yeah, because, oh my gosh, like it really, you know, like when you're thrift store shopping, whether it be Goodwill or like a cute little um, spot in the desert, like the one I went to, it's like fun to like dig around and poke around and see like the stuff that they have. And this store actually, from jump, they had my attention because mm. on the, they had a porch, first of all. And on the porch, they had, like, some of the stuff out there on display. And I saw, mm-hmm. like, two Samsonite carry-on, Ooh. like, old-school suitcases. If you can visualize, it's, like, cube, like, like elongated cube size. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. little rounded yes. corners. And my mom, it, like, unlocked a specific memory because my mom had one of those. And if we like ever went on a trip or whatever, like I just remember her packing it and snapping the little things because it just like I was like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> like, oh, I'm in. that's they got fun. stuff in that's here. Very cool. So yeah, yeah, I started poking around and I saw that rotary phone and I was like, 
it just took me back. And then I put my little finger and started like doing the little roundabout thing. And the sound that the it sound. makes when it turns back around, you know, when you dial the nine mm-hmm. and it goes all the way. I was like, oh my God, it just reminded me of my grandma. Yes. Because she me definitely too. had yeah. a rotary phone mm-hmm. in the kitchen, but hers wasn't like the one. This one's like a very grand, like this woman has a chase lounge or had a chase lounge. You ever owned this phone? Yeah. Had a fainting couch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. She you know fainting. what I mean? Like it's beige, it's yes. gold. But my grandma's was like the one that you could like mount on the wall. Completely. Do you remember That's that what my one? grandma had to. Yeah, my grandma was, she was not fainting. With the that long thing was on the wall. My grandma was fainting. She was on the farm. <laughs> she was the, she had a little house on the prairie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it just was really like, I don't know, nostalgia. It's so crazy to like know how far like the nostalgia of our grandparents is versus like these kids are calling our like iPods. No, it's scary. That's terrifying. You're like, to me. shut up. You don't even know real nostalgia. Get out of here with your iPods. I know. I'm <laughs> it's it's it really terrifies me. But Listen. you know what, Danielle? Yes. I feel like the rotary phone was a great financial decision. It really which... wasn't. If I <laughs> if I were to have because I need a financial advisor, I think I'm gonna do it this year. We'll get into that. But if mm-hmm. I were to have a fa- financial advisor, she would have been like, girl. Do not spend eighty dollars on a phone you're not you like. What are you doing? And I'm like, wee memories. <laughs> so okay, wait. Yes, you don't have a financial advisor. I'm I saying don't. that like you don't. Yeah, you but... are shocked and disappointed. I don't, but I'm reaching. Well, like, like where do you f- find one? I think they're everywhere. Honestly, I think people. It's just such a scary thing to entrust someone with, right? Yeah. Because I feel like the people that use them on a regular basis, i.e. like the rich people, they have like maybe references, word of mouth, like internet work, like, oh, yeah, yeah, my lawyer knows this guy, you know, like that kind of thing. And that doesn't make it like legit or right. but (laughs) But I feel like they also have that in. And so like looking around for a financial advisor, I'm like, I don't know how to go about that. I know we have the internet. We can use the internet for anything, but just like, what are we looking for? I don't want somebody that's like on Instagram. (laughs) No, that feels so scary. You know what I mean? Like, Like, because you see them all the time and it's enticing because they have like really great tips and all that and it's on Instagram. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to hire you. Right. Influencer. Yeah. And, you know, I think the thing that's so crazy is like, you know, like you were just saying, I I had a, fr- a friend of a friend who had recommended that, like, who uh, they were all working with this one guy who I had actually known as well, who was like a financial advisor. Yeah. So like a few years ago, I started working with him. And what I was learning through the process, obviously, I was like completely, I'm an idiot. Like, I'm so mindless. I have no idea what's going on. Very much the same. And I don't want to know, too. Like, I feel I better. I don't. Like, we, yeah. Please. It's, yeah. Because I feel like we're kind of the same where it's like we both have that, like, artistic mind where it's like when it gets to, like, the finances and the numbers, it's like, I don't, I don't really want to know because it stresses me out. Yeah. I want to know that it's like, I'm fine. I don't want to know I'm yes. not fine. <laughs> totally. <laughs> or that the decisions yeah. that I'm making currently, which I already know living in Los Angeles and paying rent 
anything above $2,000 is like, well, you're paying rent that's above $2,000. You're an idiot. But then again, there's so many of us. And I know that that's probably not the right quote unquote financial decision to be making when it comes time to like think of savings in the future. Because that's the whole point of having financial planning and all that is to make sure that you're not going broke and that your future is set up. Like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So, you know, like if maybe like 10 years ago when I was first moving to like California, I remember that like, you know, I had horrible credit. Ugh. I remember applying for a credit card and getting denied. And it Which was like, so all painful. I wanted to, it's so embarrassing. Because now it's on my thing that I have an inquiry and I didn't get it. Right. So that's going to make it harder. <laughs> and so I was like, what the, what do you do? And so like, I remember that I had some friends that were rich and I was like, what do the, what did your parents tell you to do? What did they do that? Exactly. See, like, so and it's the only way to find out of like people who have money. Financial stuff be really exclusive inner sanctum like yeah <laughs> like not for nothing I, I, not, I was gonna say not to make everything about race but you know i do because it is i my mom used to always be like god because i had a lot of white best friends and and very close mm -hmm. friends growing up like sleepover you know hang out type friends and yeah. my mom would always be like you should ask them <laughs> You know, like ask them to talk about like what they know about money because they seem to know things that we don't know. Yeah. And that would always be a topic of conversation, especially once I made it to college age and a couple of different friends of mine were purchasing homes. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I did choose a very different lifestyle of going off to college and then moving away to New York and all that. So like buying a home wasn't like the top of my plan, but I couldn't do that even if I wanted to at 19 and right. 20 years old. And they were able to. And so it like to your point, it wasn't until my very best friend, his boyfriend was this white Mormon guy who always, mm -hmm. even in our brokenness and we were in the same space financially, like making the same kind of money at, at our jobs. He was never broke, mm -hmm. never broke. Like, and I mean, in times where it was like, really, like we are making the same amount of, this is crazy. Right. But he taught me how to save even when being broke and how to make certain decisions that you could still put away bits and pieces here and there. He taught me different savings tricks that you can find on Google. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, different, like mm -hmm. oh, this week I'm going to save five. Next week I'm going to put away 15. So it doesn't even have to be like these grand numbers, but it'll teach you the restraint. Right. Because like, you know, you'll start making money and it'll seem a little bit more accessible to be like, oh, I'm about this $80 rotary phone. <laughs> right, right. Because exactly. I can. And it's like, well, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Because it's I always know. about the saving for a rainy day or saving for the future. But like growing up poor and those rainy days are like all the time. You're like, well, right. I know how to deal with a rainy day. I'm not going to save for that. I'll be fine if it rains. Like, <laughs> Right. I'll find my way through. I'll, I'll find my it's way through it. Or it's like you don't even have that access to be like, oh, let me put that away. And so I know that that can lead into like people having a block of being mm -hmm. able to even take in information, but take it from me, somebody that has been so broke. Like, I mean, whew, even ramen noodles were too expensive. Yeah. It is possible to put mm -hmm. something away. And the thing that I remember that like when I was probably like at my like brokest 
I was like, okay, like what, what are the steps that I can take? I'm going to do whatever I can to start making money. And what are the steps that I'm going to take to like not have bad credit? So like, how do I even like, cause that's such a big part. Yeah. And it's the credit of it all. So like, I was like, you know what, when I got my first car out in California, I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can so that I can like pay this off. And then eventually, like a few years ago, I had a different car since like the first one that I had. And I remember that I was talking to this financial advisor and was like, let's pay off the car. And he was like, no, you should be able to like have as much as of your own money like invested in things so that it can grow because whatever you're paying like on the interest of something like a car or anything that you're making payments on, one, it shows that you're always good for the payment so your credit improves. And then what you're paying in interest, it you'll more than make up for it if it's invested properly. And it's like, huh? Well, I don't want to have like anything that's like not paid off. Yeah, it's like so many things. There's so many t- t- tricks and tips that feel like, why would I do that? Right. But if the rich people are doing it, we have to do it. I, I We <laughs> have to do everything rich people are doing. We have to, but we then also have to eat the rich. <laughs> yeah. And then, but before we eat them, we ask them what they're we doing. And then them. we eat them. And then we become them. We and become then, and then we the, eat them. Yeah. But don't the eat eaters us. eaters become the... Eaten. Eaten. <laughs> but don't yeah. eat us. We're going to help you get there. You know, and you made a really good point of like, sometimes it's just like hard of like, what's the balance between like spending for enjoyment and saving? Yeah, because I'm having a great time enjoying it. Like, Mm -hmm. I've never been able to like go on vacation, like growing up and stuff. Like when we would go places, it would be, this is going to sound so sad, but it would be because like a family member passed that lived up in Philly. And so we would take like a road trip to Philly. We wouldn't take like family vacations and things like that. So Mm -hmm. now being able to take myself on vacation and stuff, I'm like, listen, I have credit cards. I don't like, I want to be able to enjoy it. I don't, I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm going to wait. Cause like life feels fragile. So Mm -hmm. I just, I'm, I know that that's like not the thing to do or say when it comes time to spend money. But honestly, but I mean, it is and it isn't, right? Like there's there's a balance between like saving for tomorrow, but also like living for today. Yeah, I think. yeah. But you know, like there's a difference between like just like surviving and being fine and not broke and being financially secure or mm-hmm. even financially free. That is, yeah. like if I had any financial goals at all, it would be to be financially free. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm still dragging around college loans. I graduated Mm -hmm. college in 2006. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, but that's really normal. Honestly, I need y'all to fall off of my record. Like, what? Get out of here. But I know that's not responsible. And that's not how you handle your finances. Ignoring them is not the way. But I don't know. Like, as somebody that never really had anything extra, like... You asking me for $500 a month for loans and I'm 24 years old, like trying to figure out how in the world to eat. It's just not right. going to be a priority. And then it becomes less and less of a priority, but then it becomes a mess mm-hmm. financially. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. Well, one, I didn't go to college because I was uh, like competing. So I don't have. Do what you got to do. But just know that degree is expensive. It's expensive. And I mean, like I 
didn't go to college, but like my whole like competitive experience, I built up a lot of debt with like different coaches and people. And I was really lucky. It's that they were able to like wait on me and that I was that they trusted that I would pay them back. Because I would have been doing what I did with my college loans and cross my fingers behind my back. Yeah, I'm <laughs> right. And be like, I'll catch you later. You guys, when they ask me for payment, I'd be like, y'all didn't know that I crossed my fingers behind my back when I signed this. Right. You're like, I did not hear when you said I can. You said that you you said exactly that because I didn't recall. <laughs> It's so crazy because it feels like it should be really straightforward, right? Like it feels like I make money, I can put it into like a checking account, I can put some in savings, and I just like move forward. But, but like it's not. it's not people the the rich the rich <laughs> or people with money are investing. Right. The actually the rich people don't have a lot of like liquid cash. They have almost everything like invested, which is insane. Because that feels, like, so scary. I don't know if I'm ever going to let go of, like, the need of being, like, in control of my finances. Like, I would love to be able to be like, okay, someone come help me handle this and get it squeaky clean and spotless. But, like, I need to be able to access my monies. Yeah, I completely agree. It just feels too abstract of, like, well, where is it? When you have money that's in the millions, Mm -hmm. are you able to handle that yourself? I think that, like... I would like to try (laughs) I mean, I think that if you have like millions and millions of dollars at that point, like you you need somebody who can help it work for, I would imagine. Yeah, because the amount of taxes that you should have to pay on those millions of dollars is insane because I'm, I'm a thousandaire. And <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really proud of it. But as a thousandaire, they still be asking for thousands of dollars in taxes. Yeah. So it's got to be. Well, I don't know. Is it similar for them? Is that the whole point of people getting mad at rich people because they don't pay as extreme taxes as we do? Well, I think the problem is that like the equivalent of like the, like it goes up to a certain point. And so it's like if you make over, I think it might be like $400,000. Is that does that sound right? Yeah. Don't, I don't uh, first of all, I don't, don't listen yet. to me. Basically, I think that there's like a high tax bracket. I actually I'm actually going to spout. People are going to be like, you're the dumbest person in the world. And, I, and I'm saying, and I'm like disclaiming that I am. But I think basically there's like a limit of like the percentage you can get taxed no matter how high it gets. See, that's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, um, where they me can't, too. Where they can't have all my money. Because right now, Uncle Sam and all the other people that be in there. They're too interested. Ooh. They come for you. That's why it's really tough. You know, I don't know how it works in other countries. I feel like our taxes may be the worst. (laughs) Well, you know what? Like in Finland, it's like a 50% tax. 50? Uh Uh-huh. I just saw another headline about Finland that they're asking people or like paying people to live there to teach them how to be happy. Really? Yeah, I actually used that headline in a... uh, a carousel post to promote our last episode. I hope you guys are listening. <laughs> Welcome. If you're here from the carousel, <laughs> if you're thank here you. From, if you're here from you. our social media, then you saw it. But yeah, <laughs> Finland is apparently paying people to teach them how to be happy. So you can't do that if you're, if you tax me at 50%. Well, Finland's been, they're the happiest country in the world. That's the crazy. Si- sixth year in a row. Is it because they're not working all the time? Because it's like, well, if you're taxing me by half and you only got me working Three days a week, I, mean, I guess. 
Well, here's the thing. It's like, there's no like sudden expense. So it's like the way that we live is like we ride high and we and you can fall really far. There's no such thing as like falling really far in Finland. Really? If you have some really unexpected medical expense, healthcare is it's a universal healthcare system. So there's no like I'm That's getting all of these medical is. bills. Every time Finland is named like the happiest country in the world, I'm always like J- my husband JP who's Finnish is always like, you know, like every Finnish person is like how. <laughs> the thing is is that like no matter what kind of times you find yourself in, the government in Finland does everything it can to make sure that like nobody's left behind. So if you, there's well, a situation so, where everybody's money. Yeah. So basically it's about everybody stays as kind of even and there, there's no such thing as like, um, you know, like the, there's not no such thing again. Like, don't listen to me. Like, listen, <laughs> listen, but like in one ear, out the other. Don't but listen like, too hard. <laughs> but there's a really, it's the middle class is really, really, really strong. Yeah, and maybe that's, that's what, what it is. Because ours is not here. Our middle class is, is whew. Yeah, it's like you could have a million dollars in the bank and then have none and be like, and not be able to like, afford any food in like snaps of a finger here and that's yeah just like not fi- their a, culture. a health a health situation can put you into financial ruin here mm-hmm. yes and if, if if you're in another country and, and healthcare is universal that's not a problem that's like like not it's an not issue. a worry it's not a worry that's very true i'm wondering if it's like if they worry about debt and other things like that if it's like a universal health care is off the table but like it's college education and all those other things that put people deeper into debt here it's free college education. see okay Mm-mm. yeah so that's the other thing like schooling <laughs> is free like this is like you're paying 50 percent, but what happens is is that you never have because everybody's paying 50 percent. there's no extreme for like one person or another So it's not like, so everybody has access to like higher education. They have access to healthcare. They level the playing field. So it's like, there's not really a big debt culture. Anybody can find themselves in debt or with debt, right? Like that's where the happiness lies with them. But it's the 50% that keeps bringing me back. Oh, I mean, I see that and I'm like, I'd rather ride high and low, baby. (laughs) High on the hog over here. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I feel that. Like, I don't remember, like, I know we talked a little bit about, like, when we first started thinking about finances and the sense of it being finances. Do you remember when you first learned, like, anything about financial literacy? Like, more so than just making the money, but, like... I think, honestly, that first, like, what I was bringing up earlier of, like, asking, like, a friend of mine who I knew their family was rich... Mm-hmm. And like, what are your parents doing to like set you up? And it was like a conversation that it was like, I probably would have only had with this person if I was really good friends with them, knowing that they would have given me like the real advice and knew that I was and they also knew where I was coming from, where it was like, I'm going to Ralph's and I'm getting denied like to buy a Sprite. So it's like we were in different fields. Yeah, not the same. This was my first piece of advice was that like the only thing I had was a debit card. And I always just made sure that like I did everything I could to make sure that I had money in my checking account. That's where I started. I understand. And my next goal was like I wanted to have enough money 
that I could have a savings account. And I remember that like, I think when I opened it, I needed to always have like $100 in there. And I was like, okay, when I get to the point where it's like, I can just be sitting on $100 like in a different account, then oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. So like, that's the my second step. And then it was like, apply for a credit card. So I had to go to like, Bank of America. And the first credit card I applied for was like some student card where it's like the spending limit was like $1,500. Oh my gosh, I remember those. Yeah, so that was my first one. I had a a first, a Capital One first credit card with the credit limit of $200. (sighs) Could you believe? I mean, that's not even now. Like it's barely getting gas. Right, and like the person that would need or want that is not going to be able to pay that back. And then it's going to be like, now you owe like $600 on a card that didn't even have that. Yeah, I know. It's very, oh. it's, but you know, the one thing that I was lucky with was that I started with a debit card and my whole mind was always focused on debit card that like, I never got myself into like credit card issue. I, like I paid it immediately. Like it was the debit card. Yeah, that was very smart. And it was only because I was like, I was like, I, it scared me to see like a minus number because I've obviously had a minus number in the checking account before. Oh Oops. my gosh, I left a whole bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, was like, well, I'm not about to deposit all my money and lose it, so bye. <laughs> yeah, we'll be trying a different one. Thank you. <laughs> oh my but yeah, gosh, I remember yeah. it was just like, start to open credit cards. Always like, you know, use them every once in a while, but always pay them off. And like, that's how you'll start to build your credit quickly. Like have a lot of different lines of credit open. And I was like, wait, what? It sounded so stressful to me to do that because I didn't have a good idea of money, but I definitely thought credit card money was free money. And it was not. And I learned quickly and I learned how to pay those off. And I worked hard to do that. And it was really, really like eye-opening. And I didn't have credit cards for a while in my 20s because of that. I was so scared. I was like, I don't know. I don't really want to deal with that. I don't really even think I came back around to having a credit card until like my 30s. Yeah. And also the thing about credit cards is that you're like, okay, I don't, whatever. And this is always something that's like so shocking to JP is that I have like an, I have an American Express card and Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll go on to like the website and it's like, oh, you can do this. Or like, you're getting a hundred dollar credit here. And he's like, I don't understand the concept because like credit card culture is not a, like a big thing over there, but like we will pay hundreds of dollars to have a credit card every year and we'll make money by spending money on it. Because it's like, I get, I got my, my American Expresses through my Delta, uh, yes. you know, through, through, through flying Delta and applying for those cards. Cause I was like, oh, I want to be able to get to the lounge. And the first one I applied for was not the right one. And I was like, oops, well, I got this one. I'm going to do another right. one. <laughs> and so I applied for the other one. And I'm having a grand old time buying all of my flights through it and getting all these, you know, frequent flyer, this and that. And sometimes they give you deals and they might double your miles or, you know, things like that. And so it's like you're getting all these perks. And, you know, I looked around. I'm in the lounge. I was like, yo, Delta won't even let you in unless you have the credit card. Other, like there are other airlines that you can get um, access to the lounge. You can, I think American... American Airlines, I think you can buy a day pass mm-hmm. or, you know, when you have a same day flight and all that. But, yeah, you have to have an actual American Express 
card. And I was like, yeah, that's the access that they just, a certain group of people, they're just like, no, you're not allowed to have this. It's weird, man. Yeah, because it also feels like, you know, to get all of like to, you know, incentivize the credit card. It does feel like you're part of this like evil thing that's preying on people. Yeah. Yeah. They're preying on people who might not make that payment. Right. And it honestly, for me, it just opened up my world in ways that I wasn't expecting. Like Mm -hmm. I told you, my first one to get approved for $200 credit limit. And then to be able to have like a, a twenty thousand, a forty thousand, I was like, "This is, this is like opportunity." But then it's also really intimidating because it's like, "Well, if I charge all, how the hell am I paying all this back?" So you have right. to be aware of like what you're doing. But it's also, it's also access. Honestly, yeah. like credit is is financial freedom. Credit is, but it's not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's it's like a financial security blanket. It's right. not, you know, it's not actually real finances, but in America, they put so much on it. Like there's, you can't even do certain things if you don't have credit. You know what I mean? Like applying for apartments yeah. and things like, they're like, mm, I don't know. You're like, but isn't it better that I haven't racked up debt? Right. Like, isn't it better that, like, if I've been paying with for everything in cash, like, doesn't that show that I just pay everything? Not that I was ever doing that. But or that I have, like, restraint. Like, they're like, no, go get your credit card, start charging it up. And then we'll approve you. I'm getting those, like, flashbacks because with JP, he obviously has no credit history in the U.S. Ugh. So this is his first year of, like, trying to apply for his first credit card. And it's like, I'm, you know, I, I will co-sign on a few things to help him, like, build up his credit. But it's, like, a total foreign concept of, like, so I just apply for this credit card and have it open and then that's helping? Like, what? I don't understand. Right. And I'm like, you'll never understand. And yes. You will never understand. That's the part of it that really gets me. Yeah. Watching my own trajectory and seeing how it's possible to build and how it's possible to create some financial stability for yourself. I know it's not impossible, but it's daunting. You know, like now that I have this money coming in and the taxes are heavier, I'm having to like do things to make sure that I can pay those off. I have a business account now. I have a business credit card. I'm trying to make sure that I'm funneling all of my things through my business so that I'm making sure that I'm building on that. It's like I need somebody to literally make me a binder of (laughs) what you need to do and how and like explain it to me like a child and also do Mm -hmm. it for me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah because i yes. get so overwhelmed I need you to explain it to me but then do it but then also do it don't let don't because right even right now i still gotta go and and go to the post office and and get a money order and get a stamp and do all these things and i'm like oh my god this is so much work but I, if i don't do it then it's gonna mess up my finances and nothing nothing's the credit card notices are one thing but nothing scarier than the irs sending you letters no and they only send letters they don't be calling they just no (laughs) they just send you these official ass letters and you're just like oh in california they work with the franchise tax board i thought it was a scam yeah i did too my first (laughs) wait i'm dying uh -uh, i'm googling this because you are trying to get my social security (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I thought the same thing when I would get my first letter in the mail. I'm like, this is this is not real. Sorry, Sorry. I'm not paying these. Yeah, it's and it's they're just, like, no, this is what you owe. We we're watching you. And also, wait, <laughs> I don't like that in the U.S. that every state has a different tax. Right. I don't like that. No. Why are they doing this? Everybody should pay. We should all pay tax. But I get it. Honestly, we should all be granted financial literacy courses from the time we're in elementary school all the way through whatever our, you know, highest education. I think it should be like the same way that they try to burn this fake American history into our brains is the same way that they should be like burning financial lessons. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like cater to kids. And then, you know, as you get older, you're learning in different ways because all this geometry have you used that no i haven't yeah trigonometry have you i I fought to get into trig because it was like a high profile class and Mm -hmm. it was ap like advanced placement and you had to get a certain grade from this course and that course to be able to get and i haven't used a piece of trigonometry (laughs) right well, you'll be surprised. We're going to actually be tested on it today. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, if that stuff was a part of like what we needed to learn to be financially stable in the world, then I get it. But it's not. Yeah. I feel like we keep getting set up for not, like for ignorance. Okay. I have a question. <laughs> what do you do for like taxes? Because I have started working with this CPA. That's the f- This is the first time like kind of I've ever done that the last few years. Yeah, Before I- that, I was just... On TurboTax.com. Yeah, I can't handle that. When it was like one job that I was doing, yes, I could use those TurboTaxes and things like that. But Mm -hmm. once I started like freelancing and, you know, working with this company and that company and then having a full-time job with that company, it started getting complicated. And I didn't have the money to be paying for complicated taxes. And it was a word of mouth thing where one of my coworkers was like, oh, I always use this guy. He's amazing. Um, and he has been. I've used him since maybe 2008, 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so I've used good. him through the years and he's always been great to me and he's seen my career change and it's gotten a lot more complicated. I had so many papers. My return mm-hmm. in 2020 was like 50 pages long. Oh, my God. Because there were just so many gigs and so many different things. And so he's been helpful in also kind of giving me advice as he's seen my career and my 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 life change in that way he's like oh you have a business now make sure you do mm-hmm. this that and this let's do okay so make sure for next year that you're doing you know all of your invoices through that and so he's been like really key in that but he's also still in new york which isn't a problem but it seems like now that i'm here in cali i need to make sure that i have someone here but i also mm-hmm. need to make sure that i have someone that feels like they're in the quote unquote industry Right, of like just just entertainment, the yeah. gigs, yeah, yeah and the understanding gigs, gigs. and especially because California has all these like rules now about freelancers. That's not how this works. Like that seems crazy. So I think they're just like cracking down on gigs and and that and like gig culture, which is really crazy because those are the people that have a harder time financially figuring things out. <laughs> right. Well, you know, again. Not to like direct it back to Finland, but the thing is, is That's that like when they we pay, gotta move. <laughs> right? But but when they pay that much in taxes, they don't have a problem with it because like they're getting a return on investment. So like yeah. we have a problem with it because we're getting really a really low return, the lowest return. 
That's the problem that we have. We're like, okay, I'm going to make this money and then you're going to give me the taxes. And then like, then I'm on my own. So it just feels like <laughs> I'm paying for nothing. That's what and it, when they're it over does. There, they're not. They, they, there's so many things that, that, that are taken care of for them because people are taxed like properly and, and on a percentage based on their income, not on like live, like different levels and maxing out exactly. like the same, the, like the person making $2 million a year is getting, you know, paying the same amount of taxes or getting taxed the same percentage as the person making a hundred billion dollars, right. which that's not fair at all. But no, you know what? Sorry. As as financial illiterate as Adam and I both are, we do know that there are some ways that you can like improve your situation, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that. Steps to getting a better financial life. We need to get into that. Because I feel like yeah. we've been like, it's so hard and you're poor. Right. And we're like, what do we do? <laughs> well, we're going to tell you. Well, one of the things you mentioned it, like building and maintaining good credit is definitely something that is beneficial here in this country. And it can help do a lot and open up a lot. Like, you know, getting apartments, mm-hmm. getting cars, getting a phone at times. I know they do a lot. Mm-hmm. Of, a lot of companies check your credit. And so maintaining and and I guess, you know, holding on to as much as you can a good credit score is just going to be helpful in the long run for everything, which would also mean like, don't be out here maxing out the cards, buying $80 rotary phones just because you got a credit limit of 50,000. Right. Well, that's fine. That's so low. You know, the highest credit scored people, they're only using like 7% of like their maximum like credit score. They're not really going above that, which is kind of crazy, which also makes sense. I think like if your li- limit is like fifty thousand, they're they're never having like more than like less than five thousand charged to that card. They don't ever like accumulate more debt on that card. They always like pay it off. That's what I'm thinking. Ah, uh, I'll just be like charge it. <laughs> we'll deal with it we'll later. Deal with it later. Thanks for the creds. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> no, don't do that. Use thirty percent, less than thirty percent of your card if you can. But yeah, the the limit does exist. They don't go up to the limit is basically what they're saying. Yes. And then you need to like have a, a good like hold on your debt to income ratio. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if you know you in severe debt and money is coming in, th- technically money is not coming in. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's an, I have an unfortunate truth for you. You know what I mean? It's like, that rolling debt is always going to be held up against your income. Mm-hmm. So if you have those payments and you keep ignoring them, they're just going to compound. So I know it's like sacrifice now for the for the later, but oof, child, don't let yeah. that debt oh, to, to income ratio go too crazy. I have another tip. Don't close your credit cards. That's a great just, one. If you're not using it, just keep it open. Don't do what just I did. Keep Jump it open. Banks. I... <laughs> Wait, that's actually kind of an like, amazing Bye. idea. I I do I really do like that one. Sometimes, but don't close the credit cards. Yeah, because I'm looks telling bad. you, please, it looks bad. Which really, I thought I thought it would look good, and it did did not, and it does not. No, credit history is king around here. You gotta have like receipt history. Yeah, 
So don't close your credit cards. That's a great tip that I remembered because I closed my credit cards. It's good. Listen, one of the biggest tips is the rainy day fund. You know, I know we talked Mm -hmm. about that earlier. Sometimes it feels like all the days are rainy and it might be, you know, it might be that season, but putting away a couple dollars even and not to be dramatic, but sometimes it'll be a $5 and sometimes it'll be a 500. You never know, but you could just cut off a chunk. As as much as the mm-hmm. money is coming in, make sure that there's something that you are holding on to that is just building. You're not taking from it. Yeah. I would always pretend that like when I would have money come in, that there would be like whatever it was, whatever I felt comfortable doing it, even if it was five dollars, even if it was three dollars, even if it was ten or twenty or a hundred, but I would always just pretend like that money didn't exist. Yeah. And I just put it somewhere else. It's so else. hard to do that. But once you start, it's so bit of... Because it'll also kind of like edit how you spend, right? So let's say yes. you come in this week with an extra $100. Instead of... and I mean, extra as in like everything has been paid and it's just the $100 left. That... And, and you could get away with not needing it. You should still put away a chunk of that. Not the whole thing, but put away a chunk of that. So that you know that that's something that you're not touching completely. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's hard to do, but it'll edit you from paying for something else later. Like, let's say you're like, oh, I want to order Uber Eats tonight. I got a hundred. Oh, no, I don't. Right. Yes. I, I got 60. And am I really going to spend yeah. that 60 on Uber Eats? Because you know, it's going to eat up the whole 60 when you get the fees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, you know what? I got some lettuce. I'll make a salad real quick. Yeah, it really does. Like when you think that way, it, it I think it helps you like make I guess, more savvy financial decisions of not being so frivolous. Yeah, because I get it. It's very tempting to go grocery shopping and then order food because you don't want to cook, but you just went grocery shopping. Right. So but sometimes... don't, don't let the food go to waste because then that's like, if you oh, if you are that person, because that's a lot of us, let's say you spent yeah. that $60 on the groceries and then you, you also ordered the, the Uber Eats. Now you're out mm-hmm. that money and your grocery money because you're going to keep ignoring your groceries. Right. (laughs) Until they go bad. And now you're like double down on spending money and no return. The worst financial decision I've ever made has been buying arugula. Oh, yeah. I will tell you that. You're not going to use it. Stop it. You had that one good arugula salad one time at the restaurant. Right. And now you're like, ooh, arugula. I I should honestly just leave a $5 bill like, (laughs) in the grocery store where it is because that's the same thing, same thing. Of, of when I would buy it and never use yeah. it. It would turn into like soup slop Which inside is its own bag. Don't do that. Yeah. At least get something that like if you're going to do that, get something that you could also blend. So in case you don't eat it, you can be like, you know what? I'm going to put it in the smoothie. Exactly. That's what I do. I'd be like, okay, get kale, girl. So that way it'll last. But it also, if you're not going to get into it, I can blend it up. Oh, that's really genius. Yeah, man. I got a lot of poor girl uh, tips in me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your tips are getting higher higher level if it's starting with kale. Liz, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and kale, yeah. kale is one of those things that can just double, triple up because I can eat it raw in a salad. I can eat it in a smoothie and I can saute it for like a side or an oh, omelet. Like really I always good. like, <laughs> that's how I be buying groceries. Like how many uses? Oh, I mean, it's that's an amazing way to buy groceries. Which, you know, when you're trying to save money, you might not get the best items because the 
sadly, the good stuff be expensive. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? The organic apples can wait. Get you a regular apple. I think the other thing that I learned is that it's okay to not know everything about taxes because people literally take classes and go to school to learn about them. Listen, and honestly, we have so much resources on the internet that are helpful. And there are some out there that are not helpful. So, you know, you have to have some discernment. But it can, you know, change the way that you think of things by looking at a video and being like, oh shit, like (laughs) I didn't, I wouldn't even thought of that. Or, you know what I mean? Because what we're giving you is probably based on our personal lives. But if somebody is a, you know, financial expert and stuff like that, yeah, like actually listen to them. You know, supplement this episode <laughs> with, <laughs> with literal yeah. financial experts. Right. This is more of like an uh, an entertainer's take on finance. Yeah, like we've been, we going through it currently. That's the kind of people you're dealing with. <laughs> We're like, yeah, let's do this episode for, uh, you know, around tax season. Adam and Danielle file your taxes. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, they'll be like, where are they? We're both in Joshua Tree, no computer. <laughs> We're hiding. We're in hiding. In hiding. A tip, another tip. Don't hide from your finances or your taxes. Yeah, they will find you. Because they'll find you. <laughs> they will take you out. Yes, they will. Okay, Danielle, what are we going to normalize today? I think normalize <sighs> having a credit card. Normalize. You know what? I, one of the things that we should normalize about finances a budget. Mm. I know it sounds terrible. I know okay. it made a little a little rock in your throat. It did. Swallow it. Swallow it down. You're a grown up. You got this. You've made it Ooh. this far. <laughs> yeah. You can take care of yourself and your finances. This is possible. This is doable. Budgets are just a guideline. Mm-hmm. But it also gives you the opportunity to create integrity and trust with yourself and how you handle your finances. And then it can just help you create goals that feel like, you know, more doable. Like, you know, get your Chipotle, but don't get that guacamole. Relax. Right. Yeah. Relax. Relax. There are other green. There's another green in there. That's yeah. called lettuce and it's free in your bowl. Yeah. You don't you don't have to add that. But you know what? Yes. If you didn't add it for the last six months and you want that guacamole on the seventh month. You earned you it. You earned it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like little by little. Budgeting, I think we should normalize. What about you, Adam? I think that you should normalize asking people you know who are good with their finances what they do with their finances. Mm-hmm. And you should have an honest conversation with them. Before you eat the rich, interview them. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I'm saying. Get all up in their business. That's really good. Because sometimes, like when we were talking about earlier, that if you don't come from money, you only have the tools and tips and tricks of people who also didn't make money. Right. So when you can learn little things of how do they budget? What do they do to like make their credit better when you're trying to make your credit better? Mm-hmm. Ask those questions of those people that you know that are doing well of like, how do I get there? And there's not really anything shameful in it. It's just like, we all want to do our best. Nope. You're collecting research. You're you're yes. basically your own pew. Pew, pew, pew. You're your own pew research. You are pew, so pew research you. at that point. Yeah. I'm so pewed of you. Uh, no, I did. I knew you were going to do that. No, nope, I'm. Yeah, you should have said, "I'm so proud of Pew." 
Oh my God. <laughs> it was right That's there. That's why there's two of us here. Yeah, it was right there in front of me. Well, speaking of Pew, I'd love to go into <laughs> Keep It or Curb It, who yes, sometimes we can be pretty Pew heavy. Yeah. So, you know, I loved it. I hate talking about finances, but it's important, like as we said, right? It is. I'm I'm still feeling icky, but I'm going to handle it. Okay. Well, I'm going to help us not feel icky because we're about to play Keep It or Curb It. it. So... For your first-time listeners, welcome. Thank you Hi. so much. I hope it was from Danielle's carousel on Instagram. Me too, and I hope you got money. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I got my. I got money. From you better the be listening with money falling out of your pocket. Right. So, as the money's falling out of your pocket, mm-hmm. when you listen to Keep It or Curb It, this is the segment where we take a good look at new social trends. We're going to decide whether they're worth keeping or we got to curb them. Yeah. And it's the keep it or the curb it. Exactly. Danielle, are you ready? I have I have a I have a keep it or curb it for you. I'm so ready. Okay. According to data released this month from Toast. Okay, who's Toast? Don't I know, don't know, but now I'm hungry. Right, but they, I'm starving and they have data. So I'm going, okay. Wow, give me more. All right. So Toast, a restaurant management software company. That's who they are. Yeah. I'm answering the question. Okay, so around 48% of quick service restaurants like Starbucks, Panera, McDonald's, they now give customers the option to tip, <gasps> which <sighs> is up 38% in 2020. Wow. Okay. So the tipping percentage for quick service restaurants last quarter was 15.9%, dropping from 16.4% last year. People are tipping less in part because of inflation. Mm-hmm. And experts are saying that even though customers are accustomed to tipping waiters, bartenders, and other service workers, tipping a barista or a cashier may be a, like a new phenomenon for shoppers. So people aren't like <sighs> used to this dynamic. And the customers, like, you know, they're encouraged to tip generously during the pandemic to help keep restaurants and stores afloat. But now customers are feeling overwhelmed, which is you know, to be expected because it feels like we're kind of going back to like a normal time or like we're going back to like the way things were. Um, But people are feeling overwhelmed by the number of places that now have the option to tip. And there's a lot of pressure about whether to add gratuity and and how much. Mm -hmm. So, Danielle, I'm asking, are we keeping or curbing a different tipping culture compared to just the last few years? What do you think? Are you kidding me? Pay your employees a fair wage and leave me out of it. Like a cashier, a barista. I get, I love a good barista. And I know that you are doing your due diligence and making this coffee, but like, it is not my responsibility to be paying the wages of employees. No, and it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be. Like I get service workers, just, you know, people, waiters and stuff like that. Like, they're not being paid a fair wage. And that, again, does not, it should not be on me. However, no. I understand why I'm tipping them. But yeah, I, I, why I does understand. my tip change if I paid more money? Like if I right. ordered more dishes or ordered more drinks, I get they're coming to my table more maybe. But like at the end of the day, why does my tip have to change? Because my amount changed. It's just we, as the customer, I think, are put in this really unfair yeah, position like, to oh, pay. Here's the screen. Tap. 
it's up to you if you'd like to tip. <laughs> You're like that, and I've had this discussion. People that you know, friends of mine that don't that haven't grown up here or lived, you know, in this country, they're like, "This is weird that America does that." Yeah, like why is it on me to judge the service that I'm getting? Shouldn't you just pay the people? And they would work based on the fact that they have a job and this yes. is the job. And then I don't have to sit here and judge their service. No, it's so weird. It's so weird when you like sit and think about it. Or I get the option to not even pay them. It's like, yeah. and now I'm sad for them because they're not getting paid. And they're busting their no. butts trying to serve. It's like, it's such a weird thing that we have created here. So curb it. Curb. And we're going to kick it kick to kick to the curb okay next one adam you ready i'm ready i don't know if you you, you probably have heard of this ozempic weight of course loss I have. <laughs> I, i'm i'm she's the least common the denominator <laughs> yeah people yes, and, and for those of you who are listening who haven't heard of the ozempic weight loss craze people are using a prescribed medication for the treatment of type 2 diabetes in adults as a weight loss drug the active ingredient, <laughs> say it with me, is semaglutide. Semagl- yeah. Semaglutide yeah. is said to have a weight loss. It's said to have weight loss as a side effect to Ozempic, okay. which is typically covered under insurance. Many individuals who don't have type 2 diabetes are looking to have a quick weight loss journey and have gotten their hands on that Ozempic, which has resulted right. in shortages <laughs> for the people who mm-hmm. actually need it. Right. This sounds, again, a a good reason to eat the rich. Eat the rich. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the weight loss from this drug is not long term, as as most weight loss solutions are not long term. It's a hard it's a hard out. It's hard out here for us. Similarly, Ritalin Adderall has been taken by non-prescribed people believing that they will increase concentration or help with Mm -hmm. studying or cramming or just, you know, staying up. Right. Or partying. <laughs> right. <laughs> These medications are typically obviously prescribed to those with ADHD to help with their inattentiveness and hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. But then again, people are abusing it. So, right. Adam, I ask you, are we keeping or curbing using medication that you are not prescribed to use? Okay. So, I started taking Adderall like maybe two years ago. And I remember the first time that I had ever, because I'd never, ever, ever taken it like not prescribed because I was like, you know, I'm I'm a good boy. No, I'm just, (laughs) I was, I'm a terrified person. (laughs) And so I remember I have had friends, obviously, who have taken it recreationally and they're like, it's crazy. It's like amazing. And I'm like, oh my God. And then when I took it, Danielle, when I took it, this is what the feeling I felt was, oh, I can just like listen to somebody and I don't need to like be thinking about something else at the same time. Oh. Right. So I went, this is nice. It's a little bit quieter in here. I'm talking about my own brain. And yeah, but I feel like if you don't need it, your brain is going to be going over time and it's, you know, bad. Yeah, just I don't know. Scares I'm not a doctor. I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> you're just like, you're just, what is going on? You're just getting the real and the raw. I don't know. I don't think you should be taking drugs that are not prescribed to you because that's just, you know, a thing. That doesn't sound good, it doesn't right? Sound it doesn't good. sound good. I mean, weight lo- as somebody who has struggled with their weight their whole lives, I get why people would turn to anything to try to make sure that they are maintaining their weight or losing weight. Like, I get it. But who are these doctors that are just letting people that don't have type 2 diabetes get Ozempic? 
<laughs> right? Like how do how are like, they why is getting it my problem it? now that y'all are just giving it out? Yeah, I don't really understand. That's the part that really has me stra- like scratching my head. I'm like, where are you getting it? Yeah, and how are you giving it out so much that there are shortages? Like, did you not think that people that need it would need it? Right. I, I just that's I what know. I'm so good. I, that's what I'm do what so you're gonna do, but at. don't take it out of the mouths or the arms because is it a needle? I don't know. Of the people, it is. I think <laughs> it's an injectable. It. Yeah, like don't take it out of the arms of the people that need it. But I mean, but where are you getting it? That's what I also think about, like doctors? the Adderall. Like, how are you? It's like, no, I don't have ADHD, from? but give me that Adderall. Well, you know, that's off right. the streets. I think people. That, but see, that's what scares me. Where it's like, uh, <laughs> where did you get it? <laughs> I need to trace this back to the source. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't that that I'm like that's that can't be good. I don't like that. No. So Adam, are we I, keeping or curbing? I think I'm curbing no, it. No, curbing. Like stop it. I'm not it, putting doctors. like a, a no. Ozempic from the street? Like where are you getting it? No. No, I don't no. So no. No. <laughs> okay. What an incredible This is really an incredible episode. One, because I got thrown off track immediately off, <laughs> off the top. And, and I seemingly never found the, the tracks The princess again. and the pea. That pea is still throwing Me. you. Yeah, I'm going, my back hurts. And why does I can't get a good night's sleep? Right. <laughs> but I love that we learned a lot about financial literacy and offer some tips for people from our own mouths and brains and financial mistakes. And also, like, just kind of like we normally do, just talking about it, which I think helps you not feel so, like, stupid when it comes to your own money. I mean, I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like just opening the conversation and just sharing at least the things and the mistakes that, like, I've made, it can be helpful. Yeah. And it also kind of reminds you how far you've come and it has reminded me even though I don't feel like I know a lot of how much more I know than I did before. Exactly. And if you are a financial advisor, please slide into my DMs immediately. Right. Just reach out. <laughs> Let us know. Why don't you advise? We, we would take I'll the take advice, advice of a professional. Yeah. All right, everyone. That is our time for today. Danielle, mm. I, as usual, I've loved every second of, of this podcast with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it, too. Mm-hmm. Make sure that y'all are... And we went, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, again, I'm off the tracks. It's okay. Danielle. I'm just trying to get you back on there. While Adam finds the track, make sure you find him mm-hmm. on the social medias. Make You know, you know it, because I've seen y'all sliding in his DMs. Yes. You know, yeah. on Twitter, he's Adam Ripon. Mm-hmm. And on IG, he's Adam Rip. Yes. And Danielle is also on those platforms I as am. well. So While make sure there. that you follow her. On Instagram, she's at the Danielle Young, Period. and on Twitter, she's Rapso Danny. Yeah, let us know if you have anything that you'd like us to normalize. All the topics, nothing's um, off topic. I mean, nothing's nothing. off. Was off the table. Nothing's no, nothing's off the table. Everything can be a topic. There you go. Does that work? Yeah, I was like, off topic is yeah. the thing, but it's not the thing I needed right now. No, <laughs> and it's not because. I also, you know, I have one thing to say to you. You know, the one, I thank you, everybody. We love you so much. Make sure you rate <laughs> us and you follow us and we love you. But I'm so excited because um, I want to do my favorite thing, which is call back to something that was incredible in the episode. Why are you going to tell y'all. them that? 
<laughs> because I want them to join in. I want them to guess. This is the moment where I'm like, I want everyone who's listening, I want them to go, what, what is it going to be? And it's so obvious. It's so obvious. What is so, it? So, we'll see you next time I normalize this. And until then. Bye, John. Bye, John boy. <laughs> out there listening, we want to hear from you. Make sure you follow at Make Spring Hill on all platforms for weekly show updates.